Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen, amen. Isn't that awesome, church? Amen. We're so thankful to have all of you guys here with us. And you know, before I do anything else, I just want to acknowledge something. Today is the 51st anniversary uh, for Robert and Velma Berry. They're on the front row here. Let's give 51 years. Uh, They are just a precious, precious couple. We love you guys so much. And we just honor and celebrate you. And thank you for modeling what marriage is supposed to look like to each and every one of us. And not just marriage, but life and family and everything else. We love you. Amen. Uh, So um, we have the privilege here at Lakeland of welcoming everyone who is worshiping at Highland Colony. Let's give it up for them over there. We love you, church. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today and can both campuses. Can we give it up for everyone who is watching around the world online? We're so excited to have you guys here with us and especially uh, everyone who attends here regularly at our physical campuses, but in this time is is worshiping from home. We love you. Uh, We're praying for you. We can't wait to see you. I I am just so elated with the the generosity of this house. You know, last week we celebrated uh, paying off our Highland Colony campus. It is 100% debt free. Uh, and, uh, you know, all of that generosity uh, that is given to this, this church, as you can see through videos like that, uh, is generosity that doesn't just flow to us, but generosity that flows through us. We give hundreds of thousands of dollars away. And, in fact, uh, paying off Highland Colony will wind up saying, uh, saving us about $20,000 a month. Uh, amen. Isn't that awesome? Uh, so that's why you want to get out of debt. Uh, and uh, so it'll save about $20,000 a month. And for the first couple of months of that, uh, over and above our tithes and offerings, we're just going to send that $20,000 to mission works all over the world. So in September, we're going to plant a church in the Congo. In October, with that $20,000, we're going to plant uh, a Bible school in Turkey, uh, Istanbul. Uh, and uh, we're just going to keep going with it. Amen. Uh, Now somebody says, is that all? No, 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 no. That's on top of our normal tithes and offerings. Uh, But you just wait till we get this facility paid off. When this facility is paid off, uh, for the first year of it being paid off, we're going to send $100,000 a month on top of our normal tithes and offerings uh, to missionaries all over the world. Uh, So thank you for everyone. Uh, for your generosity, um, and we've been able to help with this project on Venezuela uh, or in the Colombia-Venezuela border. Venezuela's been hard hit. Uh, a lot of countries have, but Venezuela especially uh, with COVID and then, you know, it revealed a lot of the, the lack of infrastructure they have across the board. And out of that, there's just a lot of need there. Uh, and so how many of you know it's good to, to feed people and clothe people? And that's wonderful. And we're very thankful for organizations that, that do that. But how if you know it's great to be able to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus and to come to people and say Jesus loves you 
and Jesus is for you, and we just want to say thank you for helping us help them. If you brought your Bibles, uh, open them up this morning with me to the book of 1 Timothy. If you're watching online, I want to encourage you, pull out your Bible, get a pen, get a notepad, or turn open the, the notes app on your phone, and let's look here in 1 Timothy, and we're going to look at chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This passage of scripture has been in my heart all week. Now, the book of Timothy is written to a young man by the name of Timothy uh, who did not have a strong, natural father figure in his life. And uh, I think this message may even be targeted a little towards kids, uh, you know, and, and fighting and contending for them. But this is what this, this book of the Bible is all about, is Paul has identified a son in the faith uh, and someone that he needs to write to and encourage and give instruction to. Timothy is also a pastor. Uh, and uh, so I have always been able to relate to Timothy in a very natural way. Uh, one, in that I'm a pastor, but then two, when I read it, uh, I had an amazing father figure growing up. Uh, he just passed away uh, from this earth way too soon when I was 17. Uh, and so out of that, I started pastoring at 19, started preaching at 18. Uh, and uh, I, I saw myself in Timothy uh, being insecure and sometimes letting fear govern me and not feeling like I would be enough and then also not knowing how to pastor. I went to, to Bible school, but, you know, some of the things uh, they, they teach you maybe how to preach, but maybe not how to run something or, like, organize them. Like, what do I do with people? Uh, and, like, what do I do with my hands? Uh, like, all of these kinds of things. And so I would find myself on Saturday every Saturday as a young pastor reading First and Second Timothy, reading Paul's instruction to a young pastor. And uh, I was reminded of that this week, and so I came back to Timothy and was just reading it. And I came across this passage of Scripture here, and it's going to make up the entire base of what we're communicating. It's First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. He writes this and says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are called and you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Notice that first phrase, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Everyone at all of our campuses, even in your living room, say this with me, say fight. Oh, say it like a fifth grader at lunch, fight. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. I was watching Beethoven with my kids and like that scene where they dump the milk on a sandwich and later there's like a, a fight. And it brought me back to, to the grade school mentality of fight, fight, fight. Here Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, are you fighting? the fight of faith. Are you fighting? Are you presently fighting? Uh, have you grown content with functioning the way you are? Or are you contending, Timothy, for something? Timothy, can I ask you a question? Are you laying hold on eternal life? Like, we know that God has the power and life and like all of these things. Are you, are you laying hold on it or are you just waiting for it to kind of like fall in your lap? 
Uh, Timothy, are you fighting? Are, are you contending? When you worship, are, are you fighting? When you give, are you, you fighting? Are you fighting the good fight of faith? And I just, I, I see like this, this mental image uh, of like the cloud of witnesses that is looking over the grandstand of heaven. Our, our fathers and our mothers, our uncles, uh, our grandfathers, uh, all the heroes we read about in scripture, they can see our spiritual progression according to Hebrews chapter one, uh, chapter 12 and verse one. They can see our spiritual progression. We are, Paul said, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses watching us run our race here on this earth. And we just got done watching the Olympics and we saw many of the races and us cheering them on, even from our houses, watching them. They didn't know we were watching them, but we were watching them and we're begging them, run faster, fight, push through, dig in, go faster. You're like, why are you stumbling? Like all of these types. Isn't it funny how critical we are of like supreme athletes? It's like we're sitting there with like peanut butter pretzels, like feeding our face and being like, I can't believe she did that. Uh, like all of those kinds of things. It's so funny, but there's something in us when we're watching people competing uh, that there is this uh, encouragement, this thing in us that loves someone contending. Uh, I saw in one of the races someone tripped and fell, looked like they were out of it, and they got up and kept running. Uh, and uh, that pleased me. And it, the whole world, like I, I saw it on social media of people who were so pleased with someone who tripped, but got up and kept running. The spirit of a fighter, not just a winner, but a fighter. Uh, and when the grandstands of heaven are looking over us, uh, I, I believe my Father in heaven can see my spiritual progression. I'm not just talking about my heavenly Father, but my earthly one, surrounded, Paul said, by such a great cloud of witnesses. Uh, I believe they can see my fight. Uh, and if heaven's looking down at you, do they see you fighting for your children? Do they see you contending for them in prayer? Do, do they see you when you tithe? The Lord dealt with me about this a number of years ago. He said, you cut your tithe check the same way you pay your mortgage. He's like, you just write the letters on there and send it in. And he's like, why don't you fight with that? Why don't you open up the book of Malachi and remind me and yourself that the windows of heaven are open over your life and I am going to pour out a blessing you do not have room enough to receive. Do you have a form of godliness but deny the power? Are, are, are you laying, come on somebody, are you laying hold on eternal life? Are you fighting today? Are, are, are you contending for something? Are you contending for the power of God to rest upon your children? Are you contending for your children to raise up and be like Samuel who at a young age are hearing the voice of God when they're trying to go to sleep? Are you fighting for that? Are you fighting for your daughters to be like Esther confronting their fears and facing the king anyway, contending for a whole nation? Are you fighting for that? 
Are, are you fighting for your sons to stand strong like David? Are you fighting for that? Are you contending for that? I'm reminded of my, my uh, 88-year-old grandmother. 80, it's here on the front row. 88, year, can we give it up for my grandmother? Wow. I know I tell this story a lot, but it's been big in me this whole week of, of her fighting for my father. For years, my father it looked like he was going the complete opposite direction of what he was born for. Did you know you were born for something? I, I love the Bible when it talks about John. It said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. You weren't just born, you were sent. <laughs> Our children weren't just born. Our children were sent here by God to do something, and it's a good something. God has plans to give you and them a hope and a future. Sent here by God and my, my grandmother, uh, watching my father go in the complete opposite direction. And there were no doubts moments where she could have felt sorry for herself. And she, she tells the story. She, she's told it to me uh, many times of how she saw him come home and he bent down to get an oven pan out. And when he bent down to get an oven pan out from underneath the oven, his, he'd gotten so skinny from drug use that his pants were falling off of him. And she started crying, saying, Lord, if you don't do something, he's going to die. Maybe you're facing something like that with your teenager. He's a teenager gotten involved in things he shouldn't have gotten involved in, around things he shouldn't have been around. But you know what she did? She fought. Oh, come on, somebody. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. She fought, and she, t she told me stories of how she'd go find his car at a place where he was not serving God, you know, at a friend's house goofing off, at a, you know, just not serving God. She'd find his car and place a Bible on the hood of his car so when he came out, he would see a Bible. This is who you are. This is who you're called to be. Oh, come on, somebody. Fight the good fight of faith. Are you contending? Uh, this is all the message, so if you don't like it, it's just gonna keep going this direction. This is the whole message. Are you fighting today? Are you contending to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Are you believing to see it? Are you believing to go after it? Are you learning to function and dysfunction? Are you saying, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord God. I stand against all of hell and say, so you may come in like a flood, but the Lord is lifting up a standard against you. Are you fighting today? Are you speaking to the mountain? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you speaking to the mountain and saying, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea? Are you fighting the giant today? You know, so many people aren't fighting Goliath. For 40 days, for 40 days, the whole nation of Israel who had a covenant with God would wake up every morning and get dressed for war. Get dressed for it. Get dressed for the fight. Sword, shields, hold on yards. Armor, hold on yards. Go out there every day for 40 days and sit in a ditch while a giant stood out in a field and mocked them and God at the same time. Dress for war, but no one's fighting. Got all the equipment, but no one wants to step on the field. Uh, has the name of God, but no one's out there using it until finally a little boy came up 
who had seen God intervene with a lion and seen God intervene with a bear who couldn't even fit in the armor that those men wore. It's fallen off of him like a, a big kid's clothes on a small kid, falling off on him. But he got out there with a stone and a slingshot and he fought. I said he fought in the name of the Lord God. And he won. He laid hold on eternal life. Are you fighting today? How many of you know Ephesians tells us, I'm going to deck you out for war. I'm going to give you a helmet of salvation. I'm going to give you a breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to give you a shield of faith, which, by the way, can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. I'm going to give you the sword of the spirit. I'm going to give you all these things. How many of you know God didn't dress you all up not to give you any place to go? He's sending you out to a fight. But out of that, man, you swing the sword of the Spirit and you lift up the shield of faith, you can lay hold on eternal life. Do you have some fight in you? Do you have some fight in you? This whole year, the Lord's been dealing with me about that scripture in Psalms. When the Lord turned their captivity, they were like those who dreamed and their mouths were filled with singing and their tongue was filled with laughter and the people said among themselves, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord can, how many of you still believe? How many of you still believe the Lord can turn our captivity? He can turn the captivity of our children. Sometimes it's not a sickness or disease that has hold us captive. Sometimes it is that. But sometimes it's just a moment of life. The season of life has, has held us captive and we've seen no advancement. We've seen the same issue week after week, year after year in our marriages, in our children, in our bodies, captive, captive, can't escape the moment, a prisoner of the moment. And you know when the Lord turned that captivity? When God's people began to dream again. When God's people got their mouths filled with a song. When God's people got their mouths filled with laughter. When God's people made a decision to fight. I, I don't care what miracle it is in Scripture. This is the, what we're talking about. And I need a miracle. I don't care what miracle you see in Scripture. Somebody, somewhere, fought. They made a decision, I'm not living with this issue any longer. I'm not going to function here any longer. I believe I've got a God who loves me. I believe I've got a God who's for me. And bless God, I'm going to act like it. I'm going to confess like it. I'm going to pray like it. I'm going to sing like it. Don't you, don't you see the fight in all these stories? Paul and Silas beaten, bruised, thrown into prison. Sitting there, could have, how many of you know they could have felt sorry for themselves? Could have had a woe is me mentality? Could have sat there and just talked about how, they had, literally, the whole reason they're here is Paul was praying and had a vision where a guy told him, come over here and preach the gospel to us. They get there, preach the gospel. They get beaten while there. They're in the will of God being beaten and thrown in prison. How many of you know they could have felt sorry for themselves? They could have gotten that prison and been like, I can't believe this happened to us. I can't believe, you had a vision, man, a vision. They could have sat there and felt sorry for themselves. They could have given up. They could have quit. They could have sang the blues or whatever it may be. They could have sat there and just, you know, thrown a pity party, invited all the other prisoners, come over here and party in our pity. Uh, And, you know, hear how bad and how rough it is. But somebody, somewhere, 
had a, oh, come on, somebody had a fight rise up in them. And they began to pray and they began to praise so loud that the other prisoners, instead of joining a pity party, they were forced to join a praise party and they laid hold on eternal life and God turned that situation around. Do you see the fight in Daniel? I'm not bowing. I'm not breaking this routine. You can tell me you're going to throw me in there with the lions, but I will bow before my God in prayer every morning at lunchtime and at dinner. I will sit here on my knees to God praying into him. And I don't care if you, I don't care if you tell me I can't. I will not deny my God. Do you hear a fight in that? Do you hear Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's fight? Play the music. I'm not bowing. Well, well, we'll throw you in fire. Good. My God is able to deliver me out of the fire. Well, we'll heat it up seven times more. Go ahead and try. Fight. Fight. Are you fighting today? Are you fighting for your marriage in prayer? Are you fighting for the destiny of your kids in prayer? Are you lifting up your voice and, and have a voice going before you, preparing the way of the Lord? Are you fighting are you fighting with someone when you should be fighting for them? Oh, come on, church. Are you fighting with a child when you should be fighting for him? We, we, we use these terms like uh, escape. I'm going to escape these, escape depression or to escape fear or escape poverty and the, the Bible teaches like a complete different doctrine. It's like we go after the gates of hell. Gates are not offensive. Gates are defensive. Gates are designed to try to keep something out. We're, we're not escaping depression. We're attacking it in the name of Jesus. We're, we're not afraid of it, trying to run from it. We're running right at it, just like David ran at that giant saying, no, who do you think you are to defy the armies of God? And one thing we learned from David, we'll never run out a giant with our mouth shut. We will open it up and sing the praises of God. Are you fighting? Fight. Everyone say fight. Oh, come on, church, say fight. Oh, Highland Colony, say fight. Come on, everybody, fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight. This whole series, I've been, been meditating on the woman with the issue of blood. And we looked at her story in the book of Mark. Um, but one of the things when you're meditating, it's not just reading, it's, it's getting in the scripture. It's getting in the scripture until the scripture gets in you. And like we said last week, most of the time we pray too fast. Well, most of the time we listen too fast, we read too fast, we do everything too fast. Uh, we listen to podcasts while we run on one and a half speed so that we can get through it faster. We do Bible reading plans and see how fast we can read it. And it's actually the opposite of the way the kingdom works. Uh, the kingdom works slow. It, it works like a seed. And the, the harvest of the seed is determined directly by the attention paid to it, Jesus said. Uh, so one scripture meditated and done is better than a thousand read. We need to slow down. 
And one of the things when we're slowing down is we're seeing it. The entrance of God's word, we said, brings light. And we want to slow down enough to see it where we actually don't just read the story, but we allow the story to read us and we become a part of it. So I'm not just reading about the woman caught in adultery and seeing her throw down before Jesus and reading over it and being like, man, Jesus is merciful. But I'm seeing myself of like, what would happen if all of my sins were exposed before the Lord? How would he treat me? And now I'm seeing myself through her eyes and I'm seeing his mercy and I'm seeing his grace and it's impossible to do that without being like, thank you, Jesus. And it evolves over into worship and it evolves over into prayer. And now I'm praying for my neighbor who I know has some issues and I'm asking for them to see Jesus the same way. I Like it, it, it turns into something more than just religion. It turns into a fight. And so I, I have been reading a lot the story with the woman with the issue of blood, but I've been trying to meditate on it. And one of the things when I was meditating on it this week, I'm seeing her uh, with this issue. I'm seeing her unable to leave her house. I'm seeing her visit every doctor and uh, none can help. I'm seeing her looking at her bank statement and the Bible says she spent all that she had. So she's looking at nothing but zeros. Uh, she's got um, physical weight and disease. She's got financial pressure all around her. But when I was meditating this week, I saw something I'd never seen before when I was just meditating this event. You know what I saw that I had never seen before? And I've never really heard anybody talk about this, honestly. I saw her alone. That in her story, there is no father naturally there is no mother there is no friend there is no daughter there is no son there is no neighbor who is being kind and gracious and showing the face of Jesus like there there's nobody like that in her story and I, I thought that might be the worst of the condition of broke is bad how many of you know broke broke is bad financial pressure is bad um, and if you've ever wrestled with um, sickness or disease, you know how bad that can get. Uh, but to be alone, I don't know, it might even be worse. Have nobody to help you, encourage you, strengthen you, worship with you, pray with you, laugh with you, love on you. And she's there for years. And as I'm meditating on this, my heart just went out to this woman uh, and I, I've never met her, obviously. <laughs> you know, she's in scripture. We'll see her in heaven, I'm sure. Uh, but my heart just went out to her. And as it did, uh, I saw many of you. How alone you're feeling right now with the pressure of the finances. And no one knows what's going on in the house but you and you're feeling that pressure. You're feeling the pressure of the bills. You're feeling the pressure to get it done. You're feeling that financial crunch. And even though you have people around you, you feel very lonely even in pursuing that because you've isolated that problem to you or facing something in a relationship where you're not alone, but it feels like it because you've sown seed this issue in you or in them or in the marriage or in the child or whatever, but you've taken that pressure and you're dealing with it all by yourself and you're, you're there and you're meditating on it and you're giving your mind to it and it's keeping you up at night trying to process, what if she does that? What if he does this? What if this happens? What if that happens? And that issue is being dealt with you 
alone. Uh, it's amazing how problems tend to isolate us and how we want to cover up our issues and not allow Eve or even God to see them, that we just begin to shut out Eve and don't see my issues and problems, and we begin to shut out God, that I'll come before God and be like, no, I'm good, I don't have any, anything, and I'll, I'll figure it out. And what I just saw in her story is here she is, she is alone and she is hurting and she is broken and she is impoverished and she is in debt and she is frustrated and she is tired and she is alone. And then she hears of Jesus. <laughs> and when she hears of Jesus, something in her makes her want to fight. And she gets up weakened and tired and broke and alone. And she gets up and she, she hears of Jesus. She says out of her mouth, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. The Amplified says she kept saying, when I touch <laughs> the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Said she kept saying, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And you know what I love? She didn't sit there waiting for eternal life to fall on her. She didn't sit there waiting for, waiting for Jesus to knock on the door or a friend to help her out or take her to a meeting. She didn't wait on any of those things. She made a decision to fight. And she got up and she got tired of feeling sorry for herself and she opened up the door and she pressed through a crowd and she pressed through a multitude and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and when she did, she laid hold on eternal life. Why? She fought the good fight of faith. And I'm telling you, no matter what it is, God can fix it. You can lay hold of Jesus. You got to fight, though. No matter what it is financially, God can help you. You got to fight, though. No matter what it is relationally, God can fix it. God can change it. God can take a drug addict whose pants are falling off and turn him into a pastor. It is not beyond the realm or scope of God, but somebody somewhere has to fight. What is all this about? I, I want to end this series with this passage of Scripture, the book of Hebrews. I'll put it up on the screen. We'll, we'll read it together. If you can put up Hebrews on the screen, Hebrews chapter 11, our first passage of Scripture there. Watch this in verse 32. And what shall I, I more say? He's a preacher running out of time. I feel that way right now. What shall I say the more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. A man hiding out, forsaking who he is in Christ until God met him in a wine press and told him to fight. What shall I say of Gideon, Barak, Samson, of David, notice I skipped the hard name, and of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, oh, come on now, who through faith, who through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. It keeps going. 
They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. Keeps going. They turned the flight. Uh, our women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Now watch this. This is important, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Keeps going here, verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yes. Moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned through faith, not backing down, through fighting, through not quitting, through acting like they actually had a God who loved them. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts, mountains, dens, and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, notice this, received not the promise. When you read Hebrews chapter 11, you see something striking. You see in this great faith chapter, the win was not the miracle. It's so funny how we make faith about the miracle. The win was not about the miracle. There were some who through faith, the Bible said, obtained the promise. And there were others through faith who did not. They died in faith. It's funny how a lot of pastors and preachers don't ever finish the end of Hebrews chapter 11. We have made all of this faith about standing up and obtaining something in the natural. But the Bible tells us that for these people who obtain not the promises, that in this earth they saw them afar off and embraced them. But also in this earth they did not receive them. But the Bible says that for these people they understood that this was not their country and this was not their home. They were bought by the blood of a king and they were going into a kingdom, into a city whose builder and maker was God. And through the face of all those things, they stood in faith and said, our God is good and his mercy, it endures forever. And you know what the Bible says about them in Hebrews chapter 11? And God was not ashamed to be called their God. And I want to encourage you when you see this in, in, in Scripture, when you see these great faith chapters, you see a God who is well pleased with his people. Look, look at, I can just see God like shaking Gabriel. Look at David out there. Look at David out there facing a Goliath with a slingshot and a stone. Look at her, look at her. She's leaving the house. She's going to go touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Look at him, look at him, look at him. Look at him. Gabriel, you're not going to believe this. Look at this. They have filled the water pots up with water and they're going to draw it out to the governor of the feast and he's going to be expecting wine. You know what this says? Come here and look at this. And God was well pleased to be called their God. And you know what you got to have to get to that moment? You got to have a fight, which means you got to have something to overcome. And I don't know what you're going to have to overcome today or tomorrow or 10 years from now. 
now. But here's what I do know. In this life and in the next, he who overcomes inherits all things. And in order to get there, I gotta be an overcomer. I gotta be a fighter. I gotta be someone who's not being overcome. I gotta be an overcomer. And I'm telling you, if you get in faith, if you get in faith, you can lay hold on eternal life. You can see a miracle. But without a doubt, when you get in faith and you fight the good fight of faith, without a doubt, you pleased the Lord your God. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Amen. What do you say we all make a decision today? To fight, to fight, to fight, to fight, to fight with the promises of God, to fight for our children, to fight for our families, to fight for our marriages, to fight for our health. What if we could fight to not just send 5,000 mils? What if we could fight to send 50? What if we could fight to see a city changed by the power of God? What if collectively we got together and fought for revival? Fought to see just bodies raised back to life and fought together in prayer to see the goodness of God? What if, what if we fought? I think the enemy has gotten so good at making the world fight with each other that they have forgotten to fight for each other. <laughs> Amen. What if we could switch that and stand up in faith and fight the good fight of faith? Let me pray with you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed at all of our campuses. Online, I'm gonna turn it over to them. At our Highland Colony campus, I'll turn it over to Pastor Doug. We're so thankful to have everyone join here, be with us. Here at Lakeland, you're stuck with me. But before you go, maybe, maybe some of you today, especially in your families, just have something you're fighting for. Maybe it is for a son or a daughter who's drifting. Maybe today you're fighting for the health of a, a grandfather. Maybe today you need to fight for the, the soundness of mind of a mom. Maybe you're here today and you need to fight for your marriage or you need to fight for your children or you need to fight against drug addiction. Maybe today you need to fight to be the man that you've been called by God to be and you wanna fight for that, you wanna contend for that. But today all over this, this campus, let's make a decision to fight for ourselves, to fight for our families and believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want to in this place today, Let's just lift up our hands together. I'm lifting my hands up for my family. You can lift up your hands for your family. And just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. You're not finished yet. God, you're not finished yet. I thank you, Father. I believe to see 
I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Father, I thank you that your eternal life can fix anything. It can destroy yokes. It can break off bondages. It can turn hopeless situations completely around. And so, Father, today, I make a decision to fight, to fight for my family, to fight for freedom, to fight to see your glory proclaimed over me and over my family. And I thank you, Father. These giants will fall in Jesus' name. You may come against us with a sword and a shield, but we come against you in the name of Jesus. And we say, in Jesus' name, we are free. Our children are free. Our families are free. Our friends are free. Our country is free. Our bodies are free. Our finances are free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name.